It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, what's good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, and the only Max Barr on the ones and twos. Last time we talked, we were in Kawhi Watch. Yes. yes. We were wondering what was going to happen in the entire league. And we were still on the high of everything the Blazers <laughs> had just done, like the two days previous. There was a wow. lot to digest, and I'm not just talking about your pie-eating performance. <laughs> yeah? You, did you like that? Do you think that was okay? You know, I was impressed that uh, you at least came with it. Yeah, well, I mean, for the podcast listeners who obviously will have no idea what you were talking about right You're now. a celebrity, man. Well, I was on tonight with Cassidy, as usual, last night, and one of the things we had to do was... Uh, I was in a pie-eating contest with one of our reporters, Devin Haskins, who absolutely obliterated me. (laughs) But uh, I I went to you for some advice beforehand because you had done it before and had failed miserably. So I went in yesterday and I failed less miserably because of your advice. So thank you for that. Hey, I appreciate the backhanded compliment. Um, You know, I got destroyed by a little kid, so at least you got... I got destroyed by a full-blown adult, Yeah, so, so yeah. That's good, man. I mean, at least we know that you have the potential to come back and maybe win it next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was my rookie season, my rookie campaign. <laughs> there are ups and downs. I'm ready. I'm not, no sophomore slumps coming no. for me. I'm going to be like Anthony Simons and break out. Took the words right out of my mouth, man. I really see that in your future. <laughs> I think this is the second time we've talked about pie on the podcast. When was remember it? back to uh, Christmas the Christmas Day game, Christmas night oh, game. Oh, Jared, and The Blazers that's got right. obliterated by the Jazz, and it, it led me back to the, the refrigerator oh. and <laughs> seconds yeah. of, of Christmas pie. It was you like, ate the pain away. Yes, yeah. I did. That was it, a deep cut was, right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still remember. It's it like does. a breakup and a pint of ice me. cream for Jared. <laughs> So now that we've derailed this podcast (laughs) right out of the gates, uh, we'll try our best to reel it back in and talk about the Portland Trail. I tried to bring it back with Anthony Simons reference. It it was decent. But but then we had to go into Jared's miserable Christmas (laughs) of last year. (laughs) Yeah, I was just walking down memory lane. Try not to laugh at you and laugh with you. Really. <laughs> that's, that's good you stuff. You absolutely laugh at me. With the Look, they got to the Western Conference Finals. They, they beat the Thunder, and Jared was the only person in this room who said they would beat the Thunder. So in the end, Jared ended up being on top. Okay, so, you know, the there was an earthquake. <laughs> oh, yeah, league gets that. postponed. And then Woj drops a bomb. We find out Kawhi's going to the Clippers, and Paul George is coming with him. Woo! Yeah. Uh, 
I was tripping the rest of the <laughs> night after that, man. I had a, a newscast to do, and all that was going through my mind was, how does this shape up for the entire Western Conference? Yeah. Before we kind of had an idea of what how things were going to go down, and this just shakes up the entire league. Well, so, go ahead. There, we we have three questions. There's three answers because there's three of us. So we'll dive right in. Question number one: After the dust has mostly settled from just a wild free agency season, how does the West stack up, Nate, from one through eight? And then we'll talk about where the Blazers rank. Oh in. man! So this is this is really difficult. Really, it's like, 100%. It's, it's like trying to rank the eight best players in the NBA mm-hmm. type yeah. things. Mm-hmm. All the Western Conference is so deep, and this off season, I mean, there's just we there's so much new information to take in, mm-hmm. and we're trying to take it in and project something when we haven't seen what most of these teams will actually look like <laughs> when they have to play on the court together, and so. This is what I ended up coming to. I did put the Clippers number one. Mm. Um, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon just because, I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are arguably two of the best five players in the league. And they are both not all, they are offensive stars and they are defensive stars as Mm -hmm. well. And that team has another lockdown defender, Patrick Beverly, and they've got depth. So for those reasons, I probably have the least amount of questions about them. So I'm Mm going to put them one. And I'm going to put the Warriors, too, and this may surprise some people, but I'm not ready to say their reign of the Western Conference is over. The D'Angelo Russell move is a huge question for them, but they got an all-star guard this offseason. So while they did lose Kevin Durant, they picked up an all-star guard, which no one saw coming. Mm -hmm this offseason and so and we'll see what it's like but I'm gonna keep the Warriors up there at number two to me they're gonna have to be beat before I take them down uh, I put the Lakers at three just because I mean their roster would have looked great five years ago uh, and it still may be great in 2019 2020 but there's some concern there and then four through six was really difficult for me I put the Jazz four, the Nuggets five the Blazers six and I finished out with the Rockets and Spurs for my one mm. through eight. I like it. I like Jared, it too. how about you, man? So what I was struck by, and I agree with you, and Orlando and I were talking about this before the podcast, about how difficult it was to try and rank these teams. I mean, it's just an impossible task. And what I was struck by is, obviously there's no clear leader no. in the clubhouse for me, not like in years past with the Warriors. Every single one of these teams, and I think you could go probably seven deep yeah. for teams that – have a legitimate shot at winning the Western Conference this season. Yep. Every single team has question marks. We talked about the question marks the Blazers had last week on the pod. My top team, I'm with you, it's the Clippers, for all the reasons that you said, but the Clippers have question marks as well with their two stars. Mm-hmm. The health of Paul George is a question mark. He yeah. had two shoulder surgeries this offseason, and he's expected to miss the first month of the regular season, and who knows how he'll come back from that. And we're one year removed from Kawhi Leonard having a quad injury that kept him out an entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have a question, a big question marks there. I actually have the Utah Jazz second. Uh, Jared I think loves the Jazz. The jazz. I think they're fans. Well, I thought there was yeah. real hate there. Yeah. I, I'm a little, I'm a little. Jared's been a big fan of what the Jazz have done this off season. I do. I think that that uh, trading for Mike Conley was a, a brilliant move, and I think that signing. Bojan Bogdanovich is a good move as well. I mm-hmm. think that they have more shooting now, more offense. I think that they lose a little bit of defense, losing favors and and putting uh, Bojan in its place. But I still think that they they have a, a 
a really good starting lineup. They're not as deep as I'd like them to be, but I think that they're, they're going to be very good on defense, as good as they probably were close to last season, and they'll still they'll be better on offense. And my question with them though is, do they have a superstar? I still don't think they do. Donovan Mitchell might get there, but they don't have a superstar who can take over the game late. Donovan Mitchell has, other than one good first round performance his rookie season, he's he's floundered in the playoffs. He hasn't been good. So I don't know if they have a guy who can take over when it really matters. And so that's their question mark. I have the Nuggets third because I think the Nuggets are young, they're talented, they're deep. Uh, they it was they don't have as many question marks as everyone else in my mind. The one question mark is the past couple seasons, the past few seasons, they've been near the top of the NBA in games missed to injury. It's something about that roster. They just seem to have players who miss games to injury. Didn't really hurt them last season. They missed. They were third in the NBA in, in missed games to injury last season, and they still were second in the West. So they're very good. But um, but I have them third. I have the Lakers fourth. The Lakers mainly because LeBron and AD are, are, are such a dynamic duo, but big questions with them too. LeBron turns 35 this season. I looked it up. He's played 56,284 <laughs> minutes combined regular season and, and playoffs. That's the highest by far among active players and after and fifth all time in the NBA. After about 15 games a season, he'll move into fourth and pass Tim Duncan. 15 games past that, he'll move past Kobe Bryant and move into third. And only Karl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will have played more minutes than him. His age is a question mark, and, and how long he can keep this up. And Anthony Davis, he's missed about 15 games per season to injury through his career. I'm not counting last season because that was different, but through the first six seasons of his career, he was, he's been injury prone. Plus, the rest of the roster is a weird fit. Rondo, Boogie, I mean, at least they have more shooting than they did last season, but it's, I just I don't know. They have question marks as well. I put the Blazers fifth. We've talked about their question marks. We'll talk about that more. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I think that their talent level is high enough to keep them up there near the near the top four. And then I have the Rockets. I have them sixth. The Rockets have a ton of talent, but they also hate each other. <laughs> Chris Paul isn't getting any younger. Yeah. And another thing, you think about that locker room. I mean, one, they all hate each other. And two, everyone except for James Harden has been on the trade block this entire offseason. Yeah. And there's been report after report about that. How are those players going to react to that? It blew up the Lakers last season when the, when the same thing happened. Yeah. So they could get hurt by that. I have the Warriors all the way down at seven. And I don't wow. know how I feel about that. Because they still have Steph Curry and they still have Draymond Green. But I think that D'Angelo Russell is a really, really weird fit. And he, is, he was an all-star in the fake conference last year. <laughs> and that's fine. But You mean the conference that had the NBA champion? Yeah, they, they had one good team. So, now they had two good teams. But uh, he's a really weird fit, and I don't know when Clay Thompson will be back. Oh. I, I don't know. I just think that as much as they lost, the leadership they lost in Andrea Godala, I think it matters. And so I have them dropping down. And then I have the Spurs eight. And I think that all those teams are so evenly matched that you could – I mean, it's like throwing – dart at a board. Yeah. I mean, the way you rank these teams right now, I mean, all these teams could be anywhere on this on this list and, and, and it would be seem valid. I love how you guys brought up question marks because that's really what it is. We don't know Jack at this point. Right. Like, there's so much that could happen that can change. Um, so, 
for the sake of just having fun with it, um, I just think the discussion is is truly great because even as soon as the Woj bomb dropped, like that's exactly what I went to. Is I was like, who's going to win the West? Like yeah. this is a trip now because it's no longer what it once was, where we were like, okay, it's the Warriors and everyone else. Yep. Yep. Now we kind of can make that case for multiple teams. And even looking at your your question here, I was like, how do I answer this? Because exactly. because it could be all right. Who do I think will win the West at the end of the year? Who do I think? Seeding-wise, going yeah. into the playoffs, who do I think will yeah. win There's it all? There's like, ambiguity in yes, that question. Yes, because, and you can answer that so many yeah. different ways. Like, you could make the case that the Nuggets could be the one seed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the depth that you mentioned with them, they're so I good. I think you could make a case, as Jared said, he thinks there are what, seven, seven teams? teams that could win the West this year. I, I'm, I agree with Jared yeah. on that, that if things broke mm -hmm. that team's way, there mm -hmm. are seven of them who could win the West. Yep. And therefore, I think there are also seven of them who could be the one seed yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. there's there's teams that got significantly better, and, um, and you some don't teams know which teams will make moves during the season. Exactly, and how the buyout market will play out. I mean, it. Yeah, the West is going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. And I, I know at some point we'll end up talking about Russell Westbrook. Maybe not today, but <laughs> uh, you know, what if he ends up on a contender? You know, who knows? Yeah. And, and maybe yeah, that helps, maybe that hurts. <laughs> yeah, what if he ends up in Houston or, or ends up in Milwaukee or more? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, Houston. it's wild. So, for that case, like, I mean, take it for, for what it is on July 11th, oh, yeah. 2019. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the it's NBA. It's all for fun. This yeah. is the NBA. The NBA is fueled as much by this discussion mm -hmm. as it is by the play on the floor. And I think that's what makes it so special yeah. and different from other leagues is that the offseason is. There's just as much juice yeah. in the offseason as there is in the regular season because you have this culture and this new style of, of NBA where you can move teams in a year. They're, Player they're, mobility, man. Yeah, and, and so it makes it really fun. So to, I guess, put together my list, um, it's a little bit different than everybody else's. Um, number one, um, contrary to Jared's belief, oh. I'm going with the Warriors. Yes, I like it, man. Yeah, and... and uh, Basically, to kind of uh, take from Nate is until until I see otherwise. Yeah, this is still the team. I I love uh, bringing in D'Angelo Russell. Really, I think it's a great fit. Um, they're going to run and gun. They're going to shoot the rock. And when Clay gets back, I just think that instead of them having to adapt to other teams, other teams are going to have to figure out a way to slow them down. And let's not forget, they still have three other guys if Clay comes back the way he was. Yeah. Again. A lot of ifs, ands, or, yeah, or buts yeah. about this. But, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Warriors in the top spot. Um, the best duo in the NBA is in L.A., and it's not the Clippers, it's the Lakers. Oh. So I'm going <laughs> to take the Lakers. You're wrong about that one, my friend. I'm going to take the Lakers at two. I don't know where this – like, I don't know why every year we have to pretend like LeBron is not the best player in the NBA. Well, he wasn't he last wasn't year. Last For year. the first time in a decade, he wasn't last but year. But look, look at how quick you're foaming at the mouth to, like, dethrone him. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, you want it. So I'm like, a huge LeBron and, guy. And, and Le LeBron is still the best player. I picked LeBron to be MVP last year, so, yeah. and he let me down. Yeah, it's just like you hear this discussions all the time where people are ready to just like kick him out of that top spot, and I'm not ready to do that yet. And you talked about closers. Yep. And having LeBron on on the team, having the who I believe is the best player, is going to matter in the postseason. And other teams that may be more talented, you're gonna have to worry about that. I'm cool with flip-flopping Lakers, Clippers. Yeah. Vegas has the yeah. Clippers as the top team. I'm fine with that. Um, not much of an argument there. I have the Clippers three. Okay. Um, uh, I went with the Nuggets in the four spot. Uh, I like what they did. Seeing Jokic, I think they, they continue to make strides towards being great. You talked about the depth 
that the Nuggets have. Yeah. I think that's indisputable. They probably have as much depth as the Clippers. They would have made an underrated trade bringing in Jeremy Grant. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of if we're talking about regular season seeding, they'll already have the chemistry right. all together exactly. at the start yes. of the year, which the Great Blazers point. benefited from last year when they got off to that 11-3 and start while all these other teams are trying to figure out right. who they have. That's a great point. Um, and as you guys mentioned, as we get down the list, you start to look at it and reflect and say, crap, I can't have this team this yeah. low. Yeah. Like, they're too good, yeah. but you have nowhere else to go. Um, I went with the Blazers in the five spot. Okay. Um, Rockets six, Jazz Ooh. seven, which I know uh, you are high on now, <laughs> which I looked at it, and I, I, Mike Conley, to me, I just think, oh, that like that's such yeah. a great move right I there. And maybe he becomes that guy that it they rely be. on to take the big shot. Um, he, he's a great player. I'm, I'm yep. a, a fan of Conley's. And then to round out your eight, I went with the Spurs just like yeah. you. It's interesting. We we all had the same eight, though. We yes. didn't have anyone else sneaking in. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I know we, the Mavericks are kind of Yeah, obviously we think pick. there's Kings. a clear line right now of, the top half of the West and the mm-hmm. bottom half of the West, mm-hmm. so that's kind of interesting. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that there are a lot of teams that could sneak into the playoffs. I think there are a lot of good young teams in the West, and I think that you look at these. We all have them slightly different, same teams, but in slightly different places. I could see like the top team in the West this year winning 55 games, and like the seventh team winning. 49-48, being yeah, that close. Totally. It's interesting to follow, like, who's going to actually value the seeding, mm-hmm. who's going to value regular season games yeah. versus, you know, rest. Right. And, and just sitting a lot of load these guys. Load management. Load yeah. management, man. That's, that's well, the key. We know key where right the Clippers there. stand on that. Oh, point. dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clippers, 45, 40 wins. Yeah. <laughs> and we, if the and Lakers are smart, they'll do that with LeBron. Oh, no, totally. And we typically you know where... LeBron will do that for himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we typically know where the Blazers land mm-hmm. on that scale, too. They value seeding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Dame is willing to sit out a few games. Yeah, because of yeah. that, as, right. as he gets a little bit older. All right, let's let's keep it moving now. Let's, let's actually talk about focus the on the Blazers. Let's, let's go a little local here. <laughs> Number two, the Blazers have finished as the third seed the past two seasons. If you didn't rank them in your top three in the West right now, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like it's like the person who wrote this knew that we wouldn't put the Blazers <laughs> yeah. in the top three. So why not? And what would it take for them to move into the top three or even higher? I didn't answer. I, why not? Um, I think it was just because that's the way the, 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 the teams fell on the paper as I was mm-hmm. writing it down. I don't think that having the Blazers fifth means that I think that they're that much worse than the teams above them. I think that it's. I just kind of looked at star duos. And I think that the star duos of, of the teams I had above them are a little bit better than, than, than Dame and CJ. And then I put the Jazz and the Nuggets above them because I think that they have continuity on their side and depth on their side, which I think depth right now to me, until we kind of know what this team has with some of its new players, is a concern. Um, in order for them to move into that top three to become a real contender to reach the NBA Finals and maybe even win a championship, a lot of things need to go right. We talked about all the questions that the Blazers have last week in the podcast, and I'll kind of run through those again. But I think that the majority of these questions have to be answered in a positive way for the Blazers to be as good as they were last season. Mm -hmm. I think that Zach Collins and Anthony Simons both need to continue to progress. I don't think that they necessarily need to have breakout seasons, but I think they need to continue to get better and play well in the roles that they have. I think that Hassan Whiteside needs to be good on the court and also be a positive presence in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I think you need Rodney Hood and Kent Bazemore to fulfill their role as 3 and D wings, which is 
what the Blazers brought them into the team to be. They have to find some depth at power forward and center. Yeah. And whether that's with existing players on the roster and Anthony Tolliver, Scalabissier, even Mario Hazonia, who the more I hear about him and learn about him, I think he's going to play a lot of four this season. Or whether they go out and, and, and add other players who free agency or trade, they, they need to shore up the depth there right now. They have to have Yusuf Nurgic come back and not only be healthy, but get back to the level that he was last season. I think if all those things or most of those things go that way, then they're as good as they were last year. And that's still a lot of ifs. But if they want to take it even further than they did last year and not just get to the Western Conference Finals but be a championship contender, they need an all-star caliber forward. Okay. And whether that's a player developing internally into that kind of player like Zach Collins or what I think is a more likely scenario, them acquiring that kind of player at the deadline, I think that has to happen for them to really become a legitimate championship contender. I'm not going to go that far as to say that's what it would take for them to win the Western Conference. But I agree with Jared on the concerns. Mm -hmm. And that the concerns he listed are why I had the Blazers listed six. I talked about it last week. Well, I think the combination of Whiteside and Collins could be much better than what the Blazers had in the front court at the end of last season. It's one of those I need to see it before I believe it type mm -hmm. things. And therefore, I have questions yeah. and concerns about that going into the year. And then the depth that Jerry talked about. Because in terms outside of Rodney Hood, right. and I mean, you expect Anthony Tolliver will get some minutes too, and he's a vet. But otherwise, you're relying on unproven players off the bench. You're yeah. relying on Anthony Simons, who despite scoring 39 against Sacramento, hasn't played mm -hmm. meaningful NBA minutes against, you know, actual rotation players. You're relying on, as Jared said, right now, they're back up four and five. I mean, Tolliver's probably it at four, but their backup five right now is Scalabissier. Once yeah. again, unproven. Mm -hmm. Now, they might take care of that so that they don't have to possibly rely on him, but right now, that's what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And Hazonio is another unproven guy. It's the reason mm -hmm. he's bounced around since being picked as high as he was. And so, for me, the depth is a concern as well for the Blazers. That's why I had him at sixth. But with that said, I don't know if the Blazers need an all-star type forward to get up to possibly be the best team in the West this year or to even crack the top three, which is what the question is. Because I think the gap between them and I had the Lakers ranked third. Mm -hmm. I don't think the gap is very big. And if things go well for Portland and if things don't mesh that well for the Lakers, then you could easily flip-flop mm -hmm. those teams real quickly without the Blazers having to make any drastic changes to the roster, in my opinion. Um, the Blazers do have, in terms of looking at where they need to be next spring, they do have the asset yes. of Hassan Whiteside. Mm -hmm. If Yusuf Nurkic comes back and is ready to go, then you have Whiteside as an asset to possibly go get that forward, Jared is talking about, in terms of an expiring contract, and the Blazers have young talent or picks that they could pair with Whiteside to go get that player. But for me, I didn't have a ranked in the top three because of the front court questions and the depth questions. But to me, the gap between being two and three in the West and being where I rank the Blazers at six is razor thin. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's not going to take that much for them to jump into that category and possibly be a three seed for the third straight season. Is it razor thin for you between where you have them ranked and being the top team in the West? No, that's a little. That's a little. Uh, I think that's where that's I drew the wider. distinction. Yeah, yeah, it's a little wider. I think there's a gap between the Clippers. And, I mean, even the Warriors, if you take into account Clay Thompson coming back, in my opinion, I think there's a gap between those two teams 
and the rest of the teams in the West. It's not big, but I think they have separated themselves, mm-hmm. themselves into a different tier. But in terms of three through seven, yeah. I think they're all really close. I agree that the disparity, it, it's not there like it once was. I think that's the sexiness of, of this conversation. Yes. Not us three sitting here. But, yeah. you know, the conversation oh, is. Oh, I see <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> so that, I, I think that's, that's a lot of fun. It just um, got hot in this room. It, it, it's always hot in here, baby. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Max's I, face right now. Ra- ra- razor thin uh, <laughs> is a great way of putting it, and I, I agree. And um, we joked about, like, you could shuffle these teams up for the most part. Um, I do truly wonder how great the distance is between one and, and six, like yeah. genuinely, where last year, I mean, it was it was yeah. such a joke right. um, in terms of those tier levels, and they were yeah. pretty distinct. Uh, depth is the key word that all three of us yeah. used, I'm assuming, um, on our written version on KGW.com as well. I do agree that the depth is, is it. Um, but the number one on my list reason why they – you know, the difference maker is Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. If he comes back, is healthy, and is the Yusuf Nurkic that we saw before, they're going to be in the mix. Yeah. They, they've Absolutely. got a seat at the table with Yusuf Nurkic there. Um, just the, the chemistry, what him and Dame have going together, what he does defensively, um, being a rim protector, it just works so well having him. Mm-hmm. So he's number one. Zach Collins, I, I know you said breakout or, you know, breakthrough season. I feel like for Zach Collins, we need to be teetering on breakthrough season yeah. for them to be What do you that mean team. breakthrough, though? I, I mean, like a starter that is reliable, that is not fouling out in 15 minutes of, of playing time, yeah. uh, that that could even be like that double-double type dude that you could Better than on. Al Farouk Aminu. That's what I would say. Yeah, and I, I think that's... That's what we need to expect or at least push towards with Zach Collins in order for them to be in that top three discussion. We're not saying we think he will be, but he's saying he thinks he needs to be there. Exactly. So I I think those are the the two main things. And I think it would help if Anthony Simons (laughs) is able to move things along a little bit quicker. But uh, for me, that's the focus is those two cats. Now, obviously, if they're able to make another move um, and, you know, if that involves Whiteside or adding, you know, another big name or yeah. all-star type player, then I think that's a game changer as well, and that puts you in there as well. But I don't think it's necessary or mm-hmm. the end-all, be-all for the Blazers yeah. to win the West. But it's necessary for them to be a championship contender, I think. Yes. I, I mean, I don't think, to even if everything else yes. goes right, Whiteside plays well, mm-hmm. Zach Collins becomes a legitimate starter, Simons plays well, the other guys, you know, are good role players. Mm-hmm. Dame and CJ both play well. Nurkic comes back healthy. I still don't think that that's a team that's good enough to win, to win a title. the whole thing. Okay. Even, even if they have Nurkic and Whiteside and Collins and one of them is now coming off the bench and the other is starting, you don't think that team would be good enough to win the West? Not without an all-star caliber or a really good starting forward. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because let's say in the East the Bucks come out and the Blazers end okay. up playing them in the NBA Finals, who's guarding Giannis? Mm-hmm. Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons. I just think they're missing, I think they're one piece away from oh. being a, a contender. Okay. I think that if all those other things go right, and I think, I think for me it seems more likely that they do go that way than, than not. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we're pu- putting the bar too high. Then I think that they can be a contender in the West, but be... Mm-hmm a contender to win the whole thing, yeah. they're one piece away, I still yeah. feel. And I, I think there is a, a distinction between, you know, championship team and uh, competing for the West. Yeah. Um, and 
the way that the league has gone, you have to have that forward. Yeah. It just feels that way over the past, what, three or four? Like, you need a guy on the wing, and the Blazers don't really have that. Doesn't seem like it right now, no. So I, 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 I feel where you're coming from on that. So let's talk a little bit more about the man of the hour. Yeah? That's <laughs> not you, the Nate. Is, the one who's defending Giannis and the NBA Finals. <laughs> shut him down. <laughs> All right, question number three. In three summer league games, Anthony Simon scored Ooh, 66 a points. Summer league question. In Here 79 we go. minutes. Who would have thunk? Woo! Right? He made 24 of 43 field goals. That's good for 55.8%, including 11 of 17 from three. That's 64%. That's just okay. Who needs <laughs> Seth Curry? Yeah. How much do you think the needs, Blazers can rely on Simons next season? Who needs Steph Curry when you're still 64% Ooh. from the field? Speaking man. of steaming. Woo! So. What was even the question? Oh, how much do you think the Blazers How much do you love Anthony Simons? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> love him, love him, love him. Uh, so how much do you think the Blazers can rely on Simons next season? Okay, in my written answer, there's a ton of hedging in here, which makes it sound like I'm not that confident <laughs> in him. Love it. But I am, I think, more confident than this sounds. What I wrote is I'm as confident as you can be for a player who hasn't played meaningful NBA minutes against regular rotation players. Burn. That's what I oh, said. Man. <laughs> man, you hate this dude. Yeah, I know. I know. But I mean, think about it. If we were yeah. having this conversation, I mean, yeah, it, be realistic. Take take Anthony Simons' name out of it and put Gary Trent Jr.'s name in the conversation. In terms of playing time, that's what yeah. Anthony Simons has seen. They've pretty much been the same in terms of playing time. So we're saying, can they rely on a guy who really hasn't done anything? And for me, I'm going to say if Neil Olshay, Damian Lillard, and C.J. McCollum think Anthony Simons should get minutes, then I'm going to say, yes, he's ready to play, and yes, you can rely on him. And how, to how good he will be, you know, he's not going to be sixth man of the year, <laughs> and he's going to have ups and downs because it's going to be his first year getting regular minutes on a nightly basis. But, I mean, Evan Turner was a 7.3 assist type of guy. Seth Curry, 7 or 8 points as well off the bench. Could Anthony Simons, realistically, could you see him finishing the year with 7 points and a couple assists per game average? To me, the answer is yes. Yeah. And so for me, I'm saying, yes, you can rely on him, and I'm putting the trust in Dame and CJ. Mm. Yeah, I think we're going off of so little actual information here yeah i mean we've seen him play a handful of minutes prisoner of the moment baby. yeah and summer league which means just about nothing <laughs> as we know oh come on but we do have all this Caleb other Swanigan was primed for a breakout <laughs> we still have the uh, championship mean, banner in the office man yeah. we all we have to do is look at what happened when when simon scored 35 points and that was the second highest total scored in franchise history in summer league history behind jared bayless yeah. who while he's had a nice career as a role player didn't exactly become a star like everyone thought after he lit up Summer League however many years ago. But for the purpose of this question, all we're asking is for Anthony Simons to be a role player. That is right? true. That is true. And we are basing this off of what we hear from Neil Shea and Terry Stotts and Damian Lillard and Evan Turner and Myers Leonard and all these people who just talk about this kid like he's going to be a star. I think he can be play 20 minutes off the bench as like a microwave scorer. Yeah. He's going to come in. He, he, I think he's shown in, in the, the limited amount that we've been able to see him that he can get to his spots against NBA defenders and score. And so I think that he'll be able to do that. To have him run the second unit, which I think there's been some talk of, I'm not as sure that he can do that. Yeah. I mean, he, And assists aren't everything, no. 
but they're really all we have to go off of right now with the limited time we've seen him play. In that last regular season game against the Kings when he blew up, he had nine assists. That's awesome. But the rest of the regular season, he played 93 minutes. He had four assists in those 93 minutes. He played 12 minutes in the playoffs, didn't record a single assist. And in summer league so far, he has five assists in 79 minutes and 12 turnovers. He hasn't really shown that he can handle playmaking, running the team responsibilities, even for the second unit. I think if Stotts goes back to staggering Dame and CJ so that one of them is always on the court with Simons and Simons plays off the ball, then I think it can really work. But I think if you're relying on Simons to, to run that second unit like Evan Turner did, I don't think he's ready for that yet. Yeah. My eye, I, my eyebrows kind of raised when you said twenty minutes a game because that's, that's pretty that's extreme a, that's from, significant from nothing from, to yeah. some. It is, yeah. and um, that was kind of me trying to, at least personally, when as I was writing this, I was kind of on the Nate side of things where I was like, "Look, I I believe if if Dame is signing off on him and your GM is going to bat." For him, the way that they are, like, I mean, they haven't brought anyone else really to no. play backup guard right. minutes, it's, which shows the confidence they have in him. It's tough to dispute that, yeah. and he probably is the future of this team. Yeah, he's your backup. Uh, you're learning from one of the best in the business, so like he's got a lot of things going for him. Um, I just and the it seems like the culture with the Blazers is to nurture and, and to make sure he's all right before you throw him out to the wolves like that. Um, and that would be my only concern with him. And so when I think of the word rely, um, it's hard at the point guard position, arguably the, the toughest position in the game, to put that in the hands of Anthony Simons right now and expect him to be consistent and productive every night. I think that there will be times this season when he helps them win, but I also think there are going to be times when you're going to look at him and say, okay, he's not ready yet. He, there, there's going to be growing pains involved. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm trying to temper expectations with Anthony Simons because expectations are so high for him <laughs> in the grand yeah, scheme yeah. of things. But for this season, um, I'm leaning towards, no, he's not going to be that, rely, that guy that you can rely on every night. Okay. But he will, he will be out there. And I think that he will have games where you're like, man, this guy's going to be special. So if you're not there with him being someone they can rely on as the like that third guard off the right. bench, and I think Bazemore is going to play a lot of shooting yeah. guard. Mm -hmm. But as far as a backup point guard, he's it. Right. And so if he's if you're not ready for that, you don't think he's ready for that. Do the Blazers need to go out and get a veteran point guard who can fill those minutes if Simons isn't ready? And that's and the, that's what the discussion. point guards are out there. I mean, yeah. And I mean, you've done a great job with your stories on KGW.com of showing guys that are available um, at those positions and fit, which yeah. is ultimately the challenge for a lot of teams that are trying to get you know minimum salary guys um, on the roster. It's almost like you have to find a veteran who can run the team and play meaningful minutes if he has to mm -hmm. and fit the Blazers offense, but doesn't have to play. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, if, and if Simons works out and he right. this dude sits the bench, He's totally he's happy, cool and he's happy yeah. being a mentor and cheering from the bench. And that, I mean, when you look at these lists of the hard, free agent man. guards that are still available, right. there are very few guards who, who fit that bill. So I don't know. I mean, if Simons isn't ready, mm -hmm. I don't know if there are a lot of other options right now mm -hmm. to have someone who, who can fill if, in. If Simons isn't ready, going back to our questions before about where the Blazers rank in this deep Western Conference. Mm -hmm. I mean, that take where the Blazers rank takes a major hit mm -hmm. if a guy, I mean, he is, bench players obviously don't have the same pull as mm -hmm. starters do, but if he isn't ready, mm -hmm. 
then the Blazers' chance at being one of those top three or four teams in the West takes a major hit if he's I think not so. ready. I think same with with Collins mm-hmm. because there just aren't really many other options. I mean, if Collins doesn't work out and he plays like he did last season, which was good mm-hmm. and an improvement over his rookie season, but probably not at the starter caliber level that he needs to be this season, who else is there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have Tolliver play starters minutes. He's mm-hmm. He doesn't have that in him anymore. He's Jerry's And age. probably maybe never did. Yeah, well, he's now he's... He, I've, got, I've got a few years on him. And then, like, I mean, are you going to throw Hazonia out there and play him 30 minutes at the four? No. They just don't have other options. Yeah. So if Collins doesn't hit, and if Simons, if he's not ready to play those 20 backup minutes at the guard, mm-hmm. then who does? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's why all of us use the word depth as, yep. as concerns yep. for this Blazers team. And that's why all these things, all these factors have to go right yeah. in order to put them ahead of, you know, your Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, yep. Jazz, you know, Nuggets, whoever you want to throw out there. Look, I'm, I'm ready to say now, after this discussion, uh, that Anthony Simons is going to be sixth man of the year. Ooh, <laughs> yes! And the Blazers are going to be uh, celebrating down Broadway, uh, June 2020, in part because Anthony Simons began his Hall of Fame career. So what what Nate is doing this year is he's like setting the bar so high with this prediction. It's a lot easier to like course correct from that than when he set the bar really low and had to come groveling back. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You don't have to apologize for for saying winning at all. It's a lot. It's a lot easier than uh, picking the Thunder in five. (laughs) (laughs) Man, yeah, there's no coming back from that. Well, hey, I I picked the next series right (laughs) game per game. How are you? Oh, yeah. Man, I don't for no, you didn't. No. <laughs> I picked the Nuggets series game for game. Oh. What are you talking? You about? had to, didn't you have to correct yes. the Nuggets? It was done, night? so we got to start over. No, with the Thunder, oh. I had to start over. <laughs> you gave me two picks at the Thunder because I messed up the first one. You got like right. the ultimate yeah, mulligan where you got yeah. to start over the. Next My one. second pick with Oklahoma City, by the way, was also on the yes. mark because I said Blazers in five and completely flip flopped, <laughs> and that was correct. You got it. You're you're right. Of course. <laughs> Isn't that what we've learned from this whole thing? <laughs> oh, Max, right, Max, we haven't heard from you. We want to we we hear what, some of your, some save of your us, takes. Save yeah. us, Max. Talk about whatever Where you want Where do the Blazers rank in the West? What are your expectations for Simons? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I was surprised that none of you guys had Houston in the top four. Mm-hmm. I hate saying it because I actively and openly root against Houston. Um, I still think they're really good. Yeah. Yeah, I still too, think man. they're... They may hate each other, but Chris Paul hates everybody. <laughs> and, and, I, and I still think they're really good. You know, Eric Gordon was incredible in the playoffs. I'm still, like, still can't believe they lost to the Warriors in that series. So I still think they're going to be a force. To because they hate with. each other. I'm with you, man. When I was putting my list together, I actually had the Rockets in that class. I took him out. Like I shuffled I, so many yeah, times. Yeah, I flipped man. this list so many times. I, I, it's I, impossible I, to pick. And if I had to fill out one of those lists, I would. I'm sure I would think long and hard about Houston as number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd at least think about it. For me personally, the Rockets were an easy seven just because of it, the situation. The seems like it's, it's going to be too hard for them to yeah. come back from and make completely right again. And it just reminds seems me of the Lakers last year. And so that was the reason I put them at seven. Let me tell you, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But I agree with you. They are uber talented, and they if if they fix it all, they could win yeah. the rest. Yeah. As for Absolutely. Simons, um, 
I pledge myself to Anthony Simons. <laughs> like my, I, my Twitter account is a Simons fan account. Oh. It's time. Yes. <laughs> I'm so much go. more worried about Zach Collins than I am about Simons. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm ready for 20 minutes a game, 12 points a game. <laughs> oh, uh, that's more than seven. Oh. It's Ooh, a baby. slam dunk contest participant. Yep. I'm yeah. one at all. Slam Some dunk contest <laughs> and three-point contest. <laughs> what about... What sure. <laughs> What about the uh, twenty six man of the year in the parade I just talked about? You on board with that, too? I, I think it's more likely he's win six man of the year than he is completely not ready and is, and they bring in, like, Sean Livingston or something yeah. to, because, you know, he's not What do you think him. about playmaking for him? I, I don't care. I mean, you just I, want I, him to score. Yeah. I think right. the aren't the Blazers always, like, among the, the lowest assist yeah, teams? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just shoot it. Get, get buckets fly. off the bench. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he, I think we all agree he has shown in his limited time that he certainly has a yeah. feel on that end of the court. And he, he did have nine shots. assists against mm -hmm. the Kings. And the Kings rolled out their starters, if I remember right, in that game. At, least, start, for, yeah, at least for a little bit. Yeah, Fox yeah. was out there. Heald so. was out mm -hmm. there. I do think that Stotts will stagger Damon CJ again. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. one, because they have less depth. I don't think they can throw out like a five-man bench unit like they did last season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. think you'll see Damon CJ running the point at all times. And that yeah. gives Simon the... The opportunity to just go be that scorer. Yeah, yeah and, and I don't think ball. I don't think Simons is going to be on a short leash like some other no, players may. No. So they're going to allow him to screw up. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't think all players get that opportunity, which is good. That you know shows that they we're believe talking, in him. We're talking about Anthony Simons, so he's not going to screw up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Max, is, Max is with me right there. He's got the goods, man. He oh. changed his jersey number to number one. It's yeah. happening. Oh God, it's number one. Baby. I know, man. I'm not going to lie. I felt, I, I got, it was in my feels, man. Like, <laughs> I, I felt a certain way when I saw the number one. Remember, the um, Anthony, I was like, oh. I think Nate brought this up after the Blazers drafted him. Um, uh, he was bringing up the, the experts who were, who were like describing Simon's game, and one of the descriptions was a turbocharged C.J. McCollum. Mm -hmm. And that's nice. what my eyes tell me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I believe that. I'm all in on that description. I love it. So let's the, go. The only regret I have today is that we didn't start with that energy <laughs> at the top of the podcast. In, in our business, we call that burying the lead. Yeah. Well, we, and that's what we did today. You, you folks, so actually, I want to apologize, but no. thank the folks did, that are still with us. We 41 minutes they, into the podcast. We're going we're gonna to let you know here. So Jared and I actually talked about this <laughs> yesterday on what questions should we start this thing off. Because obviously our idea of this podcast going into it was... Now that Kawhi and Paul George are in the Clippers, mm -hmm. how, how do the Blazers fit in this mm -hmm. Western Conference? Now we mostly know what the teams are going to look like. And that was what we talked about for the most part. But Jared talked about do we want to start off with Anthony Simons, A, because it's Blazers-focused, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and that... I I guess I have to take the blame on this one. Thank yeah. you for taking the blame. I wasn't going to throw you Ooh, under the bus. Yeah. You fell on that sword. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to lead with, I with guess, Penny. I guess I have to take the blame on this one because I said, you, but we don't want to start with the summer league, though. Like I said, no. But it's not summer league. No, it's, the it's conversation Anthony evolved into, this yeah. ended up being a much better conversation yeah. about Because we didn't talk about anything else about summer league. We didn't no. talk about Nasir Little or mm -hmm. Gary Trent Jr. or anything. None of that matters. No. Who cares? But it Penny doesn't really, Simons matters. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Did you say Penny Simons? <laughs> yeah. oh, he did it twice. He's done it twice. <laughs> it doesn't really matter that that Penny Simons played well. Uh, it matters if he does in the regular season. But no, so I'll take the blame for bearing the lead on that one because I didn't think we wanted to start 
with Summer League at to start the podcast and then get in I did, I, to and Kawhi personally, and Paul George. I didn't know you guys were going to bring this type of heat. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to talk parades, I think from now on championship we start the podcast talking about Simons Anthony every Simons. single episode. Yeah. Like six man. Uh, <laughs> Once the season starts, we need to have, instead of like a recap of what happened since the last podcast, it just needs to be Anthony Simons I focused. Mean, Max Barr. This is what Penny did the last we week. We need to get some Anthony Simons posters back behind us here in yeah. the studio. Like, I'll, I'll work on that. Max could have ran this podcast by himself today. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Well, the shame is, I was going to say, maybe we could, like, celebrate his birthday or something, but he just turned 20, like, a month yep, ago, yep. so now we got to wait all the way for, well, wow. we can be ready for his 21st, yeah, guys. You only have one Man, we are, so, man, June's going to be a good time for Blazers fans. Let's, uh, let's bring it home. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's bring, bring it home. <laughs> Mention where, where folks can get the podcast, tease the pod, please. Guys, if you like the show, please rate it, leave us a review. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to 3 on 3 Blazers. That way, every new episode automatically shows up in, in your feed as soon as we publish. And uh, shout out to the folks that hung around for 43 minutes. <laughs> and, um, you know, the final three minutes were the best part of today's <laughs> conversation. We appreciate you guys. I thought the pie-eating stuff at the very beginning that was, was good really yeah, that, yeah, Boy, was, that seems like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it does, man. We set the table. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time. Appreciate y'all.